Okay, we're back once again before the bell, episode three. We've made it to episode three, Courtney. How do you feel about that? I feel I feel amazing. I'm happy with this podcast. Yeah, me too. Me too, actually. Um, another big weekend uh, for MMA in general, but also boxing. Um, we've got a couple of fights, well, a couple of Brits um, featuring in tonight's um, commentary, and also um, some big American fights as well. So we're going to talk about um, Amir Khan Crawford. That that ended in a in a strange way, put it that way. Um, then we've got Danny Garcia and Adrian Granados. And then for MMA, we'll talk about Alistair Overeem against the boa constrictor Alexandra Olenek. And then we'll talk about yeah, a big night for the Brits, um, Allen versus Brown. And then we have the competition as well. So we announced the competition last week to uh, leave a review on our iTunes page. And uh, we're going to randomise the, the winner there. So stay tuned for that. And then as per usual, we, we'll talk about some quick mentions. So yeah, like I said, big weekend for fighting. So um, especially boxing. So yeah, Courtney, welcome to the show. And um, what do you want to start with? Do you know what? I think I'll leave the pay-per-view fight to last. So let's go with uh, Danny Garcia versus uh, Adrian Granados. Yeah, so there was no title on the line for this fight, but it's um, national pride, definitely. Mexico versus Puerto Rico. Danny Garcia, um, yeah, you actually said before the pod started that you're going to stop underestimating him. So can you uh, tell us how this fight went? Well, as you guys know, if, if you tuned in last week, I picked uh, Adrian Granados. To be Danny Garcia, um, I say a lot of things about Danny Garcia. He's flat-footed. He's not that fast. Um, but, yeah, he surprised me. I mean, his timing was amazing. Um, even though Adrian Granados was very poor, um, every time he backed up out of the clinch, he had his hands down. He had no head movement. Every time he threw shots, he didn't move his head after throwing a shot. So it was, cu- it was pretty easy for Danny Garcia because of all the mistakes that Adrian Granados was making. But even then, um, Adrian Granados was always coming forward. Um, Danny Garcia, he looked really good, man. He looked fast. His timing, his shots from the body to the head. I mean, it was a masterclass. And it wasn't a masterclass of like, you know, uh, boxing and movement. It was a masterclass of staying in the center of the ring and controlling the center of the ring and timing all his shots. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, I was watching this with somebody and I pointed out that that um, pretty much in all the rounds, Granados was going backwards apart from round six where where he, he, he made a bit more of an effort to come forward and he actually looked a lot better in round six, but apart from that, he was just going backwards and, and like you say, Garcia just dominated the ring. Obviously, um, there were knockdowns in round two and then a ref stoppage in round seven. So, yeah. Garcia looking looking super sharp. So, where do you think um, he'll go from here? I mean, he's calling out a big fighter now, isn't he? Um, I think. I think he keeps calling. He keeps saying he wants a rematch with either Porter or um, uh, Porter or Keith Furman. Um, and if he called someone else out after the fight, I didn't see it. But as far as I know, he keeps talking about rematches. He wants to avenge Avengers losses to Porter and Furman. Yeah, I mean, like you say, you, you talked up Granados last week. I want to know, from your point of view, what, what do you think, you know, what, what went wrong for him? What, why couldn't he step up uh, to the plate on this occasion? He put a lot of pressure on himself. If you saw the, 
the face-to-face, the different interviews before the fight, uh, he put a lot of pressure on himself. And I think maybe it got to him. Because if you saw him fight Sean Porter, he put Sean Porter through hell. And Sean Porter, everyone knows Sean Porter is no bum. He beat uh, Danny Garcia. Um, so I don't know. I feel like pressure got to him. But I mean, he fought like an amateur, man. It was, it, I was really, uh, yeah, it was poor. Very poor. I'm a fan of Granados, man. So I'm a bit, I feel a bit hurt right now. But I mean, even though, and even though he was so poor, Danny Garcia was so good. I'm not going to say, oh, uh, Adrian Granados was so poor, so it's easy for Dan- Danny Garcia. Um, but Danny Garcia stepped up, man. He knew he needed to look really good, and he did it. Yeah, um, he did look sharp. Um, so then the stoppage in round seven um, was after, you know, a flurry against the ropes. But mm-hmm. for me, it looked like it could have been an early stoppage. I mean, what, what do you think? The referee was right to stop that? Yeah, I mean, he was taking too much damage anyway, and it would just continue going the same way. And he could have got really hurt, badly hurt if he continued, you know. I mean, there was no way he was going to win. I mean, the second round was a 10-7 round because there was two knockdowns in the second round. Yeah, the second round was a 10-7 round because there were two knockdowns in that second round. And then there was two knock- two other knockdowns in the other rounds. So he was already like maybe 10 points or 8 points down by the seventh round. So, And he was just taking a lot of damage. So I, I can get why you, from, you know, from the... Let's say casual fans, I they went, oh, it's early, but it wasn't early, man. He didn't need to take any more damage. I think it was a very good stoppage by the ref. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it just looked, it just looked like the ref stepped in very early. But yeah, I, I, I take your point. I mean, you know, these Mexican fighters, they do, um, you know, they don't quit. So yeah, maybe it's better to, um, you know, save them from themselves. So what about in general? Do you, do you think the average? Casual fan would get something out of this fight. I mean, how do you rate this fight? Um, I think, yeah, like I said, it's gonna be a firefight um, on episode two, and it definitely. It, I mean, it still was great. Granada's, um, you know, he was still trying, just didn't have anything really. Um, but yeah, I think it's an enjoyable fight for casuals and uh, uh, non-casuals. So I'll give the fight seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I think I I, I agree. Um, it's a good good comeback fight for Danny Garcia after losing to Sean Porter. And yeah, he just looked really sharp and um, his movement and just his just his confidence to um, not, not back down from um, Granados looked really, really good. So I agree with that rating. Um, for me personally, I would rate Garcia in this fight. I would give him an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What would you say? Danny Garcia, um, I give him eight point five just because he surprised me. He deserves an eight, but I was just surprised, so yeah. I give him an eight point five. Well, maybe going forward now, you were, uh, you were like you said, you wouldn't not, stop underestimating. I'm not underestimating Danny Garcia anymore, man. And then, and then you said that Granados would be in for a bit of a bit of a pants score. So, what would you rate Granados? I'm a fan, man. He's known for a boxer, actually. I like what he stands for as well. Uh, but he gets a free man. Three out of ten. I mean, he was making mistakes that I don't even make head of, that I don't even make. And I'm not even amateur level. I'm, I'm a white collar fighter. Yeah. So there's mistakes. He, I just don't know what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that occasion got to him. I really do. I think he just put himself under too much pressure. All right. I think I'll just uh, leave it at that. Then. Three out of ten for Granados. Um, yeah, I think that fight is definitely worth watching. Um 
just in the way that Danny Garcia just went about his work tonight, it's and it's you know seven rounds and um, seven fairly entertaining rounds. So with that, we can move on to for me the main event of the of the evening, if you like, which was um, Terence Crawford Terence Crawford versus Amir Khan. Uh, obviously, for this, we we talked about this last week, and Amir Khan. He's not afraid, is he? He's not afraid to fight um, big names. And, you know, Terence Crawford is a very big name. Talked about as possibly the best pound-for-pound fighter, you know, at the moment. So very, very big um, target to to try and achieve there by Khan. Um, Obviously, WBO welterweight title on the line as well. So how did this one turn out? Well, um... It's a masterclass from um, Terence Crawford, really. Um, he knocked down Khan in the first round, and it was it was a beautiful knockdown. So I think Khan came with a jab, yeah, the uh, the jab, and he just uh, it was almost like a almost like a Mayweather S check check left hook. So he just dipped backwards, threw his right hand over uh, um, Amir Khan's jab, stunned him, and then as Amir Khan was coming forward, he turned him and then hit him with a left. And then he won on the floor. It was beautiful movement and beautiful timing. It was surprising that it that it happened so quick. Like you say, round one. Um, normally, with two fighters of this kind of caliber, you you wouldn't expect to knock down in round one. But yeah, Khan, I, I, I felt like he made a mistake throwing that jab. It was it, it looked like a lazy jab, really. And Crawford was so sharp to just counter it straight away. And then Khan threw another punch, and then became even more unbalanced. Mm. And that's when uh, Crawford just, just, you know... But the reason why he became more unbalanced is because as he threw the other punch, he turned him. Because he knew exactly what he was going to do. He stunned him, and any smart fighter would uh, probably try to back off. But Khan, being Khan, you know, gets a bit erratic at times. He threw something else, and so he turned him. So as he turned him, he's fallen forward, and he hits him with the left, and he goes down. So, I mean, the off-balance was because of, of Crawford's... Uh, Excellent boxing skills. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I mean, you have to take your hat off to Khan, really. Just to he he had the choice to obviously fight Kell Brook. Um, he turned that he turned that down for this fight, and some people would say it's a challenge too big. Um, and 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 then ultimately this went to round six, where after a low blow um, from Crawford, it's a bit confusing who exactly called a stop to this fight. So can you try and clear this one up? So, basically, um, Khan, Khan could have continued. So it was a low blow, but it was uh, clearly by accident. Um, Khan was lost every round, was getting outboxed. Um, and then he told his trainer um, that I uh, can't feel my legs. I've been hit in the balls. And his trainer said, are you sure? As in, are you sure? Because when you get hit a low blow, you've got five minutes. The actual, uh, the Queensberry rules of boxing, they give you five minutes to get yourself together and you can continue fighting. So for me personally, I think Khan just wanted the way out. Um, he knew he was never going to win. He knew he was outclassed and he just wanted the way out. But it, technically, his trainer stopped it because Khan never said to the ref, I don't want to fight. Yeah. Um, if your trainer tells the ref, um, stop the fight, but the fighter still wants to fight, the referee listens to the ref. They don't listen to the, to the fighter. That's yeah. the rules, right? So... Uh, 
so yeah, his ref- his um his trainer Virgil Hunter um called a stop to it. It's it's, it's a disappointing way to end of you know to end the fight. I mean, yeah, obviously Crawford looked sharp, but after the first round, would you say that things balanced out a little bit more, or did you think it was just a domination? Um, so in round two towards the end, Khan landed a really nice one too, like a, a jab and a um, and a, a right hand down the middle. Uh, and it had Crawford stepped back a little bit, so he had he definitely had good spots in the fight. Um, and I actually thought he had a, he fought a good fight. The only reason he was losing is because Crawford is just that damn good. He's that good. Um, and uh, Khan had a better round, better round five. He had a better round five. He hit Crawford with a few more shots. But um, from round four, Crawford started breaking him down. He started throwing more body shots in round four. And there was a certain, certain times where you could see Khan wincing a little bit with the body shots. But he had a good round five and a good round two. But, I mean... He had good rounds, but he still lost round two and round five. So, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he done well, but Crawford was just on another level. Yep, and um, yeah, like you say, this this sold out Madison Square Garden. Um, I did not know that Khan was such a big draw in 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 you know America, but um, yeah, it turns out he is. So, what what do you think is the next um, step for Khan after this disappointing result? I feel like personally, uh, I think he's st- still got a lot to give. In my opinion, if you thought, hmm, I think he could maybe beat Danny Garcia in a rematch. Uh, Sean Porter, I think, is maybe a big ask just because of Sean Porter's style. He's very come forward. He's like a bull, and Khan wouldn't have the strength uh, to keep him off him. So, but I, I mean, I, I like a Danny Danny Garcia rematch. Danny Garcia just beat Granados. Khan's coming off on a of a loss from Crawford. I mean, they could have a rematch. That would be quite big. Possibly pay per view. So Kelbrook, sit down. It's not your turn yet, mate. For me, I think the Kelbrook the Kelbrook fight is dead for me. It didn't happen two years ago when it nearly could have happened, and it didn't happen in December when it was supposed to. I yeah. Think the Kelbrook Kelbrook should go to one hundred fifty four pounds fight there and try and win a title. Forget about Khan. And then, yeah, I was looking at um, Crawford's record because obviously everyone's mm-hmm. saying that he's you know possibly the best, yeah. but his his record is one for the purists though because he hasn't he hasn't taken on many um, or any mm-hmm. household names, you know. Whereas if you compare his record to um, Khan, for example, you know Danny Garcia, you know a who's who in boxing really, Paulie, mm-hmm. you know, you know um, Malignaggi, mm-hmm. um, Canelo Alvarez, so. As an amateur that I am about, um, you know, professional boxing, why do you think Crawford's record looks so, you know, lacking in household names? It's a good question. Um, I mean, some of the fights he's fought, okay, for example, you mentioned uh, Paulie Manalaji. A lot of the fights he fought are way better than Paulie Manalaji. Um, he's actually fought some really good fighters. Um, Yuri, Yuri Okus Gamboa, Maybe about four years ago was in the top five pound for pound. I mean, he was starching everyone. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that was twenty fourteen. Yeah. Um, that was a good fight. He beat Ricky Burns as well. And when he beat Ricky Burns, Ricky Burns was a two weight world champion and undefeated for maybe seven or eight years. So he a lot of people that he fought, he fought them when they was at their their best. Um, but yeah, I mean, hasn't got no huge household names. But I mean, 
he's got consist- consistently good fighters on his record. Yeah. I mean, who is Julio Diaz on there? Julio Diaz is a Olympic gold medalist. Nope. Uh, maybe further down. Scroll up. Scroll up. Something Diaz. Oh, Felix Diaz. Felix Diaz. Yeah, he's an Olympic gold medalist. Okay. Um, very good fighter. Um, people he fought uh Peterson. Um, and people say that he beat Peterson, but the judges gave it to Peterson. Okay, um, so he's fighting next. Uh, what he wants to fight, he's calling out Errol Spence Jr. How do you think that match up? Crawford wins, and pretty easy in my opinion. Well, there you go. He, I mean, he's if he once he fights Errol Spence, I mean, he's gonna be a superstar man. I mean, he he reminds me of like Mayweather when Mayweather was at one hundred and thirty five pounds. Yeah, like pretty boy Floyd. I mean, Crawford. And Mayweather can't switch south to orthodox. And he can do that. Crawford is a special, special fighter, man. But, um, yeah, he seems... Obviously, he hasn't quite got the uh, bravado and flash of Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Seems more of a... Um, you know, he's got nine dogs. Um, so he's, he's, he's clearly more of a family man. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not quite as, um, you know, brash and... How do you think he appeals to the, the general public? Do you think he's uh, do you think he's a fighter that can draw a big pay per view? Um, I think he's not gonna draw a big pay per view. Well, I mean, I feel like the Crawford Khan fight probably do about five hundred k, which isn't bad. If it does more than that, then that's pretty good. Um, but I don't think he'll do big pay per view numbers until he fights fights uh, Errol Spence. They have they have to fight, man. And on, uh, one of the other reasons as well why he hasn't got um, you asked about the. The notoriety, notoriety of like having big names on your record. Um, he's a top ranked fighter. All of the big names um, are all on the PBC side, most of them. And um, and uh, when he was coming up, not so much now, but Golden Boy and Top Rank didn't really do business as well. Right. So they're doing a bit more business now. Boxing politics, eh? So that's one of the reasons. He's kind of outcast. All the good welterweights and even the good 140 pound- pounders when he was at 140 pounds. Um, it's hard for him to fight the, you know, the household names. All right. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, so let's give this fight some numbers then. Uh, starting with Crawford himself, what would you say? Um, like I said last week, I predicted a uh, 12-round unanimous decision by Crawford, but just a masterclass. Um, and if Khan had continued after that sixth round, he would have got knocked out. It's inevitable. Um, so I'm going to give Crawford a nine because I didn't expect... The savagery. He was savage, man. So, yeah, I'll give Crawford a nine. Um, I'd have to agree. Um, yeah. Again, for me, similar performance to um, Danny Garcia. Just completely owning the craft in the ring, really. Showing um, no weakness, no fear, really. Um, so, I think for Khan, disappointing way for this fight to end, really. I would have liked to see it go the distance, just to be sure exactly how this one turned out. Um, so shame about the low blow and the way it ended. Uh, I, I think still, despite that mistake in um, round one, which was yeah, you know, a bit of a rookie error really. Um, I'd say six. So not too bad, but it's a bit of a disappointment that um, the fight didn't go on a little bit longer. What about you? Um, I'm gonna give him a seven. You know, I feel like maybe I should dumb it down because uh, he decided to take. I'll give him a six point five. I want to give him a seven, but because he decided to take a hit, you know, find a way out, because clearly he could have he continued, man. He had five minutes. Um, I'll give him a 6.5, but 
even though he got outclassed, he got outclassed just because Crawford was that good. Um, he actually didn't put on a bad performance. It's just there's levels to boxing, man, and uh, Crawford was a level above. But yeah, at 6.5, I'll give Khan. And then the fight overall, um, I'd, I'd say it's a fairly entertaining fight. I'd, I'd give this one a, a 7. Um, again, it's just disappointing that it didn't go a little bit longer. But what about you? What would you say? Um, i go for, yeah, 7. I think 7 is a fair score. Yeah, 7 makes sense. All right, so that's it for part one. Um, when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about MMA fight that happened over the weekend. Alistair Overeem against uh, Alexandra Olenek, and then we'll talk about some other quick mentions. And also, we can find out who won the competition. Okay. Like after this. If you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to our channel. Okay, we are back, and it's time to talk about MMA. And... Uh, I think I got someone's name wrong, didn't I, Courtney? <laughs> I think you said uh, Alexandra Olenek like twice, but um, uh, Alistair Overeem's opponent over the weekend, the ball constrictor, his name is actually Alexei Olenek. Alexei Olenek. And he's Russian, yeah? Um, as far as I know. Yeah. As far as I know. Huge guy. Reminds me of um, one of those kind of, those Russian backyard kind of fight videos that you watch where, where this guy just takes on like an entire village of fighters <laughs> and just Canes them all. So, yeah, coming into this fight, Alexei, um, yeah, quite a scary dude. He uh, He's a specialist in, uh, w- what's that submission called again? It is called, uh, I'm trying to remember now, submission, it's called uh, Ezekiel Choke. The Ezekiel Choke. He's the only man to have done that in the UFC, and, and he's done it three times. Yes. So, um, yeah, the nickname of Bar Constrictor is... Um, very, very, very apt for this guy. And he's taking on Alistair Overeem, a guy... If you talk about a veteran still in the game, I mean, this guy's got 62 MMA fights. Um, yeah, absolute legend, Alistair Overeem, uh, 38 years old, still still doing it. And and in this fight, he looked um, pretty sharp, do you think? Yeah, he looked pretty decent. Um, I mean, he was able to, able to soak up the pressure from uh, the ball constrictor. Um, quite nicely. Um, and he he had a, he was solid. Yeah, I think he looked, he looked good. He definitely looked. He definitely was in better shape than his last fight, um, against Curtis Blades. Um, yeah, he looked yeah. he looked decent. He looked good. He looked, he he did what he needed to do. Okay, and um, yeah. So this was a first round, first round KO really. So for me, when I was watching this, I was thinking this is. This looks like a typical kind of boxing versus boxer versus Muay Thai. Obviously, um, Overeem being Dutch, he's got huge background in kickboxing, um, Thai boxing. So he was going for knees, clinching, and and you know going for knees. Whereas Olenek was just coming, coming heavy with punches. And um, yeah, I think Overeem, he's no amateur. He knows how to cover up and evade punches like that so what do you think about Olenek's you know he's got a big reputation but his tactics in his fight do you think that he got it right or wrong I mean he he also went straight for um, he pulled guard in the first pretty much the first clinch um, within a few seconds of the of the first round he pulled guard and and um, went straight to the ground so how do you rate his his tactics and his approach to this fight I actually think pulling guard was a smart thing because um Say he pulled guard and he actually, uh, you know, uh, got him in maybe some sort of choke. 
or got him in a position over him that he didn't like, then that would have made Overeem very wary for the rest of the fight. It didn't work because Overeem smothered him. Uh, Olenek got back up quite well. But um, I think it's good because it, he was just making Overeem think, listen, I can pull guard and I could do it at any time. So I think it was a kind of a smart tactic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he did. he's not the greatest striker. I mean, I mean, once he gets it to the ground, if he's on top of you, or even if he's on his back, he can do some good stuff. Um, yeah, I just thought that, like I said, he was just he was just throwing heavy punches, and of course, with heavy punches, they are yeah. quite telegraphed, and it's hard to catch someone so early in a fight with that. Normally, that that, that might work later in a fight when people get more tired and their guard um, starts to starts to slip. So um, yeah, over him, I have nothing but praise for this guy. He's. Uh, He's been in the game since 1999. I mean, that's 20 years, literally 20 years um, fighting MMA. He's been in some wars. We've seen him get knocked out against some against some good people. And and his record at the moment looks kind of like win some, lose some. Do you think that um, things are going to change for Overeem? Do you think he's going to ride a more of a winning streak after this? I would like him to because like, he's, he's won every single belt. Um, apart from uh, Bellator, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't won Bellator. Apart from Bellator and UFC, he's won every single belt. I mean, in all of all organizations, basically. Um, so I would I would like to for him too. It'll be good for his legacy. It'll be good for the Overeem story. Uh, yeah, I would like to see him fight before his career is done. I'd like to see him have another title shot against another scary guy like Ngannou or. You know, maybe even DC. I think I think Overeem versus DC would. Uh, I think that would be a great fight. Wrestler versus you know Muay Thai specialist. Um, so yeah, we got plenty of praise for Overeem there. What about official official ratings? How would you rate his performance? I give him. Well, it was a decent performance. I think six point five. I think. Yeah, I think for me, um, if, we, if we just talk quickly about how this fight ended, so uh, it was it was in the first round, towards the end of the first round, I think like four minutes and something, and um, Overeem, again, went into the clinch, threw a couple of knees, and finally caught Olenek with one of them to the, to the chin, really, so dropped him and then ground and pound after that, and the referee stopped it. I think, you know, whenever you stop someone... A scary guy like this in the first round, I, I, I think that's um, worthy of giving you some big scores. So I'd go with, um, you know, definitely 7.5. And um, what about the Birkin stretcher himself? I liked his performance, but um, he lacked discipline. Um, I couldn't understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to overwhelm Overeem, but I think in the end he tried, he almost overwhelmed, him, overwhelmed himself. So I give him. A five. Yep, that sounds fair. Yeah, he just he just came out swinging and uh, against the real veterans, you can't you can't really get away with uh, simple tactics like that. And then yeah, this was a good fight. I think in you know five minutes worth of um, MMA title fight. So I would give the fight overall again. I'd go over seven. Definitely worth watching, just to see you know an absolute legend of the game over him looking sharp and um, doing good work in, in the octagon. What about you? I give the fight 7.5. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fun fight. A fun fight. All right, perfect. So 
Um, we can move straight on to... Yeah, we, we didn't mention on the Crawford undercard, there's a couple of exciting, unbeating 21-year-olds um, that, that fought on that card. So, Shakur Stevenson and Teofimo Lopez. So, what do you know about these guys and what what can you say about these uh, two promising fighters? So, uh, Shakur Stevenson, he was at the Brazilian Olympics. Um, I think well, that was the 2016. Yeah, we are going 2016, I think. Um, and he won the silver medal. Um, and it was... And then, he cried because he lost and it was a big thing and then came back to America and everyone welcomed him in open arms and they pushed him quite quickly. So 10 fights now, I think se- maybe 7 or 6 knockouts, something like that, 7 or 6. Um, and he's classy, man. He's a very good fighter. Um, he can fight on the inside, he can fight on the outside, he can fight in mid-range, but he prefers to fight on the outside and if he needs to take it on the inside, he'll do that. Um, really good defence, hardly gets hit. Um, and the guy he just fought, um, Christopher Diaz, uh, 20 fights, one loss. Uh, That's a good record. Yeah. And um, he, his, one of, his last fight he fought in a title fight. He lost, but he fought for a title. So the guy is no bum. And uh, Shakur Stevenson, masterclass, boxing masterclass. Yeah. Um, I, like, I like the cut of his jib. I like the way he speaks. And um, he, you know, he says himself that he has a really high boxing IQ and that in the ring, nobody can outthink him, really. So, you know, he, he he backs himself. He's a confident young man, 21 years old, unbeaten. He's definitely on the right track. Um, and he's calling out Josh Warrington. I think it might be a little bit too soon for him, but you, you think differently. Yeah, I don't... It's, it's not... I mean, he's really good, man. He's he's a classy fighter. Um, this fight, I always knew he was good, but this fight just showed me... And... He was training with um, uh, Terence Crawford. So in Terence Crawford's camp for the Khan fight, he was in the camp, so they were training together. Um, Andre Ward has praise for him as well. Andre Ward is actually his manager. And everyone knows Andre Ward is a legend. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I think he can fight uh, Josh Warrington. Yeah, um, I reckon either of them could win that fight on a split decision. Either um, th- this is how highly I rate uh, Chico Stevenson. He is very, very good. Defense yeah. is oh, beautiful. He's so young, though. I mean, professional career started in 2017. So, mm-hmm. yeah, straight after the Olympics. So, um, yeah, one to watch for sure. So, the second um, 21-year-old that's also a rising talent, uh, Teofimo. Is that how you say it? Teofimo? Yeah, Teofimo. Yeah, Teofimo Lopez. Um, he's got 13 wins unbeaten now. And um, yeah, we, we just watched his last his last fight. Um, he he knocked the guy down with a with a body shot, which is quite rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite rare. Um, it reminded me of Floyd. Uh, Floyd uh, knocked out a guy with a body shot when he was pretty boy Floyd. Um, in almost similar fashion. Um, I forget the guy's name, but it was it was. I mean, he's Floyd Mayweather, right? So, Tiafimo, um He faked with. Um, with his left, like almost a, a left down the middle, and then he hit him with, a, with a, his right hand, a jab to the stomach. Um, and if you know about boxing, if you don't know a body shot is coming, you normally are going to go down. But most boxers are very proficient, so they're normally always going to see body shots coming. But if you can hide a body shot beautifully and it hits you flush, you're going to go down. And that's exactly what Tiafimo did. Yeah, and again, he's another confident... Another confident young man. He, he, he clearly has belief. He's calling out 
possibly the best to ever do it. Um, Lomachenko, he's calling him out and saying that uh, he thinks he can beat him easily. And uh, do you think this is just young uh, kind of arrogance, or do you think he actually has a point? Um, as much as I'd like to hear a female, uh, I'm not going to call it long ar- arrogance because if you're in the game of boxing, you need to believe that you're the best. If you don't believe that, then you shouldn't be in the game of boxing. Um, especially especially at a professional capacity at the levels that these guys are fighting. So, I would just call it arrogance, but um, he's a little bit deluded. I mean, he's a really good fighter, um, but if he wants to beat Lomachenko, he needs to have more head movement. Yeah, his head movement is okay, but in my opinion, if he wants to... And even with the head movement, Lomachenko is just... I mean, he's amazing. So, But Teofimo, I mean, he's a good fighter. He's very, very good. He's not going to get beat for a while, but I think he should just take a back step, stop calling out Lomachenko, and, you know, he hasn't even fought anyone in the top 10 yet. Yeah, so, good point, good point. You know, I, can, I understand because he's got so much power on both hands, but at the same time, he can box very well. Um, and there's not many people like that. Uh, Canelo has that power on both hands and can box really well. Um, so, I mean, he's going to the right places, but I just think he needs to calm down a little bit. All right, all right. So, again, um, big weekend, especially for British boxing. Uh, we had Chisora, and then we had Dave Allen. So, I didn't know too much about these fights going in, but obviously you are a boxing aficionado, so I'm sure you've got a few words to, um, to say on both of these guys, uh, starting with Dave Allen and his victory over Lucas Brown. I appreciate the high praise, guys. Um, yeah, so Dave Allen, uh, he's, he's a bit of a cult hero. Um, he's had a few losses. I mean, he, he fought Luis Ortiz. Um, why he fought him, you know, no one knows, but Luis Ortiz is up there. Um, everyone knows he had that amazing fight with uh, Deontay Wilder. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a cult hero. He's got big fan base in the, in the UK. Um, and uh, he's had a few setbacks, but he's had some good wins. Um, and so they put him in the, in the deep end, basically. Fought, fought Lucas Brown on, on the weekend. Lucas Brown is a former WBA regular heavyweight champion. Um, Lucas Brown looks like a very scary guy. Head-to-toe tattoos. Um, looks like, you know, one of these pub bare-knuckle fighters, really. So, yeah, I thought Dave Allen, uh, from, from what I saw of that fight, handled it very well. And again, another. This was another body shot finish. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Um, forget his name now. Lucas Brown. He's coming. He came in with a jab and tried to throw a hook, and um, Dave Allen just rolled with it. And because he rolled with it, he was going back in his momentum. So he swung forward and hit him with a body shot, um, kidney shot, right in the kidney, um, pit yeah. him down, and Lucas Brown couldn't get up. Yep, very, very good finish there. Uh, okay, so then, and then the undercard to that, or the, the fight prior to that was, again, at the O2, um, Derek Chisora. I don't know who he was, who he was fighting, but... He was uh, uh, fighting a guy called uh, Sainad Gashi. Uh, that's it. Gashi fought Carlos Takam in his last fight. Got knocked out by Carlos Takam, but it was a good fight. So this fight, people are kind of, um, are not exactly praising it, saying it was a bit of a dull fight. Um, how do you rate Chisora's performance and you know th- this fight overall? I think he did what he needed to do. Um, he definitely is a level above Gashi. Even Gashi came to fight. You know, he tried his tactics, um, but he did what he needed to do. Um, 
there's no point of trying to, you know, knock someone out and then maybe getting a cut or maybe, you know, something bad happening when you've got bigger fish to fry later down the line. So he just outboxed him, really. Um, yeah, Derek Chisora um, is an interesting character, obviously, coming off the Dillian White loss. Um, where do you think his career... I, I feel like he's treading water at the moment. What about you? What do you think? Where's his career going to go from here? Um, the thing with Chisora is he's, he's a big name. Um, even in America, not a huge name, but everyone knows him in America because um, he's a crazy fighting star and he's always in, you know, uh, fan-friendly fights. Um, but, I mean, he's still got a lot to give. I mean, he he was winning the Dillian White fight up until the knockout. He was winning by one or two rounds. Um, so I think he, and he looks better. He's in a lot better shape now. He's under David Hay. Um, he's under, under a new trainer called uh, David Caldwell, who what David Caldwell, Caldwell was Tony Bellew's trainer. Um, he's still got big fights in him. I don't know if he'll get a world title shot, but he's still going to have big fights where he can get paid nicely. You know, uh, he could fight Joe Joyce, who's another British fighter. Um, he could fight, yeah, he can fight American fighters. Um, yeah, I think he's still got a good three years in the game. Wherever he gets a title shot, I don't know. Okay, all right. And then we'll, we'll, we'll call it time for now. And then after the break, we'll come back with the competition winners and um, some quick mentions about stuff happening in the world of fighting in general. So back after this. Okay, back once again, part three, before the bell. So this is the final part. And we're going to talk about the competition. So we're going to announce the competition winner and then talk about some upcoming previews for what's happening in the world of fighting next weekend. And then we've got some quick mentions for you. So let's jump straight into the competition winner. Just a reminder that I asked people to leave a review on iTunes and um, your name would go into the hat and then we'd pick a name at random. So we had six entries that did that. Thank you very much to everyone that's listening to the show, leaving reviews, leaving comments. Um, so we've got six names that left a review on iTunes. So those names are in a hat now, and Courtney's going to press um, the button for the random winner. Um, so the names are Racist Michael, um, <clears throat> don't ask, Mike Diaz, Manoj, Golden Arms, The Volcano, and DBit245. So, Courtney, press the button, please. All right. Good luck, contestees. All right. And the winner is? Manoj. All right, Manoj, um, you have got £50 in Amazon vouchers coming your way. So congratulations to you. And then, yeah, so on to um, the previews then. We've got some huge fights coming up next weekend in both UFC and Bellator. For me, the standout fight I'm looking forward to because I'm a huge fan of the Canadian is Rory McDonald versus John Fitch. I remember McDonald when he used to be in UFC and he had some some brawls against some 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 great fighters, especially the um, Robbie Lawler fight, where it was it was more like a blood sport really. He was just covered. He was just covered in blood. So he has a lot of heart. Um, that's Bellator two hundred and twenty, uh, April twenty seventh. Also, there's UFC on ESPN on the same date as well. The headlining is Jacare Souza against Hermanson. And then on the undercard for that as well, you've got some standout fights, Courtney. Yeah, we got Mike Perry. 
Um, and uh, right Perry for us is uh, Alex Oliveira. So he, Alex Oliveira, the Brazilian cowboy, and Mike Perry, as we know, he's a he's a he's a brute. He's a swinger. Um, they, Comes out swinging in every yeah, fight. They both come out swinging, so that's going to be a good firefight. Uh, we got Greg Hardy as well. He's on the card. I think he's the co-main event. Um, hopefully, he can bounce back from his DQ loss that he had uh, in his last fight. Yeah, fan favorite, so that should be a good fight as well. And another one to mention on the Bellator 220 card, uh, Alina McFarlane is fighting against Verta Atiga. Uh, Alina McFarlane, she's the strawweight champion in Bellator. She's undefeated. Um, two title defenses, she's a really good fighter. So if you, want, if you like some good uh, women's mixed martial arts, uh, that's one to watch. Yeah, there's some, there's, there's some really good fights penciled in for next weekend. So... Yeah, and also Glover Teixeira is fighting. I always love seeing him fight. Um, like you say, Mike Perry, always throwing with bad intentions, everything. Um, Alex Oliveira, Brazilian cowboy. Um, I like his fighting style as well. Very, very dangerous fighter. So, yeah, this is looking very, very good. And then on the boxing side as well, we've got some quick mentions. Haven't we, Courtney? Yeah, so basically we got a matchroom card next week. Uh, matchroom Boxing USA. The main event is Sizraket uh, Saw Rong Visai versus Francisco Estrada. Uh, that's for the WBC flyweight title. Um, and it's also for the Ring Magazine title as well. So that fight is for the best fighter in the flyweight division. So that should be a really good fight. Uh, we also got um, a good friend, uh, Jesse Fargus is back. He's fighting Humberto Soto, uh, now at 154 pounds. So um, yeah, that, everyone likes Jesse Vargas, so that should be a good fight. Um, and there's a few other fights on the card as well, so that's uh, probably the only big boxing uh, card next week, so if you want to watch some boxing, that's the card to watch. All right, um, yeah, once again, we want to thank everyone for listening to the show, supporting the show, supporting the movement, um, thanks to everyone that took part in the competition, Manoj is the winner, congratulations, £50, I wonder what you're going to spend it all on. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about the Bellator 220, Rory McDonald versus John Fitch and also UFC on ESPN on uh, Saturday as well. So we'll be back next week. But before we go, Courtney's got some more. So, um, Dylan White, his fight has been finalised for July for July the 20th uh, versus Oscar Rivas. Um, Jamel Charlo versus Tony Harrison, the rematch, has been finalised for June 23rd. And, and if you heard... Um, Big Baby Miller got popped for PEDs, so he's not fighting Anthony Joshua no more on June the 1st, and that looks like it's going to be Michael Hunter who will replace him. So yeah, it's just some quick information for you guys before we go. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Anthony Joshua um, keeps being harassed, if you like, by Tyson Fury. Uh, it doesn't look like that fight is happening anytime soon. Um, and yeah, like you say, Baby Miller is just being done for uh, for all kinds of all kinds of drugs, um, so yeah. What do you think about just just before just a quick thing before we go? How do you think Anthony Joshua, his reputation in the boxing fraternity, do are, are people still respecting him or do they think that he's ducking at the moment? I feel like people now think that Wilder and uh, Joshua is not happening because of boxing politics, which is to be fair, but at one point. Everyone knows he was ducking Wilder. Um, maybe not because he was scared, maybe for other reasons, but he was avoiding the fight. But I think for now, people just want to see him fight. He hasn't fought. 
it's been over a year since he fought now. Yeah, I mean, he sells out. He sells out Wembley whenever he he, mm. he fights. So, yep. Okay. On that note, let's not let's not dwell too long on that. But Courtney, thanks once again for bringing your expertise on boxing to the pod. And um, yeah, we're we'll back next week to talk about more from the world of fighting. Like, comment, share, subscribe. You've been listening to Before the Bell podcast. Tune in next week for more about the world of mixed martial arts.